you know, because I prep every book that I narrate. I have to. So I'm reading everything more than, than twice sometimes, and especially certain moments. And, it, and yeah, I still I cry when I'm voicing it because you have to be those people and you have to be living their feelings. So, yeah, it's just hard. It, you can't prepare for, for the wave of the emotion because if you did, you'd suppress something that's very important for the, the audiobook. Welcome to the Friends and Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Four New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry, along with Ron Block. As novelists, we are four longtime friends with 70 books between us. And I am Ron Block. Please join us for fascinating author interviews and insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Welcome once again to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Today we are in celebration mode for sure. Our very own Patty Callahan, along with actress Fiona Hardingham, were awarded the highly prized Earphones Award from Audiophile Magazine for the recording of Once Upon a Wardrobe. Today we're going to peel back the curtain, get an inside look into the creation of this stellar audiobook with the narrator, Fiona. And then we're going to speak with Robin Witten, editor and founder of Audiophile Magazine, about this industry-leading publication and what it takes to earn this coveted award. I am Ron Block. And I am Patty Callahan. Fiona is both an actress and a producer with work in TV, film, and theater. And she's an audiobook narrator. Yay. She is the, my audiobook narrator. She is the recipient of several Audiophile Magazine Earphones Awards. This is my first, but she's had several. And an American Library Association Odyssey Honor. She was listed in the top 10 amazing audiobooks for young adults. I was lucky enough to have her bring Meg's Devonshire of My Once Upon a Wardrobe to life. Hi, Fiona. Hi. Hi, both of you. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Such an honor. (laughs) I was so honored to have your voice read my story and my words. It's strange to hear somebody else reading you know, your story out loud. And sometimes I can't listen to it. But when I hit play on this one, I just kept listening. So it's a wonderful relief. (laughs) Oh, it was like hearing Meg's come to life as I imagined her. When I'm out and about, people often ask me if I read my own books. And the answer is a solid, absolute no way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. it. No way. <laughs> and I don't think people understand the training to be an audiobook narrator mm. because it's not just reading, it's acting. So yeah. I want to hear a bit about your background and how you got here, how you started being an audiobook narrator, an award winning audiobook narrator. Mm, that's a really great question because it was a long time ago. I've been um, narrating for over 10 years now. I moved to America um, after being an actress, training as an actress in the UK, doing a lot of improvisation and stand-up. And theatre actually was sort of my outlet after training. And uh, I was doing one-woman shows at Edinburgh Festival and things like that. And I just decided, you know, why not try LA? So I came over and started working again in sort of the stand-up comedy world over here, dabbling in that, seeing what that was like, and met a comedian that I partnered with who was in the audiobook world. And she and I became fabulous friends. And in the end, she moved back to the UK. But she very kindly introduced me to the sort of audiobook community. And it's just sort of snowballed, really. I did a couple of titles, and then I got Scorpio Races by Maggie Stifater. And it, it that sort of took me down this massive and joyful path of um, young adult books. And it's just been wonderful ever since in terms of sort of training. And I I did voiceover in the UK, but I've always loved to tell a story as in any sort of format, um, especially theatre, really. And I listened to 
audiobooks on tape, which might show my age a bit, uh, as a child. And actually the first series that I listened to, the first tape I listened to was um, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And I no. had that whole set. Yeah, so it's so funny. I was thinking about this today. I was like, this is so... You, and you have no idea, like, thinking, like, getting this book was so wonderful to sort of go and explore C.S. Lewis's through your eyes and and the sort of the truth of it as well of obviously of him and my sister and her husband live in Oxford so it was all feeling just really wonderful to tell this tale and sort of going full circle and sitting in the car driving to Scotland with my parents listening to The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe so um I really thank you for that because it brought back a lot of really happy memories for me yeah oh that gave me that just gave me head to toe chills when I, I talk, we talk about this a lot. I'm kind of flustered, but we talk about this a lot about how sometimes it feels like stories want to be told, yes. right? Like some of them, you write them because you love them and you're excited about them. And, you know, I have 16 novels. They've each kind of had their own trajectory, but sometimes the story feels like, wow, that needed to be told. It wouldn't leave me alone. And to know that the narrator we chose listened to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe on audiobook. Yeah, it's. I mean, I feel so lucky for it. And I remember sitting in the car and thinking, someone does this for a job. And I did, but I just, <laughs> it, it was such, and it's so weird to think, you know, like years later, um, you know, this what? happened. A full circle. That's amazing. Yeah. That's fabulous. So thank you. Do you still do stand up? I don't. I don't. I, um, I really enjoy the books. I love yes. so much. I find it really creative. I love the different titles that I get from sort of all the different genres. And then I love producing. So I sort of am behind the mic, behind the camera person nowadays. Wow. Wow. It's so wonderful that you find out that a narrator and a book are made for each other. And I think I like Patty. I just got chills over all that. I know. I feel like that oil theory. It was a funny Uh coincidence. It was. It was like that. I was like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> meant to be, meant to be. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a little bit ago, I'm veering off just a little bit, but you talked about the audiobook community. And I have worked with a lot of audiobook narrators and things, but I, I wonder what it's like to actually be in that community because they all seem so supportive of each other. I don't think I've ever been in a more supportive community. Everyone really gets it. I mean, and because I guess you are alone a lot of the time, if we're not, especially now because of the pandemic, um, you know, you're in that booth. Sometimes you're remote directed. Sometimes you're you're not. You're on your own doing it. So there is this sort of relationship that everyone sort of understands and through social media or emails and or friendships, you know, that you may have within um, people just get it when you might be hitting a wall with something or just need some help with with an accent or, or whatever or words and pronunciations. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it go, goes into it because I'm, and one of the questions I get when I say I'm an audiobook narrator, people go, oh, right, do you read the whole book? And you're like, you know, uh-huh. yes. So I play the, all the characters. They sort of don't understand that is if, they, right. if they're not really a, a listener um, themselves. So, yeah, just being part of this community, every, everybody's, I mean, I just wouldn't want to leave it, really. They're very supportive. Um, yeah, I love it. Lovely bunch of people. I love it. I love it. And y- yes, you do a lot of the voices yourself, but there's a new trend toward um, full cast recording. Have you dipped your toes into that? I have. And funnily enough, Ron, I did one last week with 60 people. What? I, I, I was like, this is insane. And the editing, I just hats off. To everybody that edits, uh, you know, and all the people that we don't praise uh, enough that, that work on these audiobooks and make them slick and flow. Um, you know, I'm just so grateful for the engineers and the editors, but for that 60 people, I mean, whoa. And it was a, hoot. oh my gosh. It the was last, a boom. The, yeah, yeah. The last book I think had that many narrators was, um, Lincoln in the Bardo. Lincoln in the Bardo. I was just thinking yeah. that. Yeah. It has, it has that. Many. And I love it. I mean, I think it's a fun for the listener to have, oh, yeah. um, you know, both options um, to hear all those different voices and you can get such a great cast of voices. So yeah. I there are it. amazing people doing narration these days. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. 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 I Definitely. remember when it was just a robotic voice reading the the book, you know, when we used to get the books on CD 20 yes. years ago, they were just 
you know, it was just a very robotic voice really? reading it. And if you're up. really old, you got them on cassette. Oh, yes. I, I never had them on cassette. Book on mm. tape. That's where we get book on tape. People still say it's a book on tape. Instead. They do. People are slowly starting to say it's an audio book. But yes. a lot of people, yeah. we give Hold away our on. age when we say book on tape. <laughs> when people ask me, you know, one of your favorite things, my favorite things about being an author, I often and almost always say it's the community. You yes. know, when you find your people like that, Fiona, I'm so glad it's that way in the audio world. It is. And and talking about authors as well, I have such a supportive group of authors that I've worked with. I, I just love having that relationship because it is their baby. Every book series is their baby. It's like some of them, when you finish the series or, you know, or, or even if they're one-offs, you, you're just so emotional for them because it is an emotional journey for the author, you know, and you can, and you can feel it as a narrator quite viscerally when you're reading, um, you know, sort of rounding something off. It's like, oh, that must have took it out of them because <laughs> it did me. That was exactly what I was about to yeah. ask you. You read my mind because I know when I'm writing it and I know a big scene's coming up, like, okay, today we're going to like ground, ground ourselves Yes. Get 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 in, get centered so that I can dig all the way down into something that emotional. And I want to know how you prepare for an emotional scene as the narrator. Mm. I like the way you say narrator better than the way I say it. But how do you prepare? You have a beautiful voice. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think I can prepare other than uh, you know mm. be very very present. You know, it's, it, it is tricky when I have a, a, it's more, it's more tricky for me when I have a director there because I am quite an emotional person. I will just say it. I'm an emotional person. My, my emotions are on my sleeves. And, and when I did your book, I mean, gosh, you know, oh, I can even remember it now. Mm. And, um, you know, because it's such a beautiful story about love and family and, and sibling relationship. And I'm very close to mine. Oh. And so to read it, I often just have to just stop, Patty. <laughs> like, and then wondering. I just cry. Yeah. And then oh, I go on. Do. And yeah, I do. Absolutely. Even if I, you know, because I prep every book that I narrate, I yeah. have to. So I'm reading everything more than, than twice sometimes. And, um, especially certain moments and and yeah I still I cry when I'm voicing it because you have to be those people and you have to be living their feelings so yeah it's just hard you can't prepare for for the wave of the emotion because if you did you'd suppress something that's very important for the the audio book you 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 want the 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 listener to be with you through that I think that's probably why you're such an amazing narrator because um you can't fake feeling something. You, you can't. can't. Exactly. You cannot fake feeling something. And so when a narrator is feeling the book, which is probably why it won an earphone award, but oh. you can feel the emotion in your voice. So I, I, I wonder if, if it was like acting where you prepare or you just are very present and along for the ride and you, you're saying. You yeah, I, th- I think the latter. And then. You know, there is a fine line. There is training involved. I, 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 I get the question. Yeah, I get it because, you know, I, I do have a bit of a cry and then I might, st- I have to stop. So I can't, so then I, but then I have to go back and be at the level of like, right, Fiona, <laughs> they want to listen to the words correctly. You can't be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to be, um, you know, clear enough. Um, but you also need to have the emotion there. So, but sometimes you just need that initial like, Oh gosh, that's so sad. <laughs> Like get it out of your body. Yes, so you have to get you out of your body. Then, well, I have the same thing when I'm writing. Like, like get it out. Yes, and then be focused. Right. You can't. You can't just have a bunch of like emotional dump on the page. Yeah. You have to be clear and not tell and show. And you have to do the same thing. So yeah, it's so a when, partnership between the words. It is. Well, so when you write a scene like that, a very emotional scene, do you sort of just pour it out? And then do you go back and refine, refine, refine and still remain emotional? Or can you sort of detach yourself after the initial sort of emotional dump? By the fourth or fifth time I'm going through it, I can usually. But the problem, if you go through it too many times, just probably like if you read something too many times, you kill it. You do. Yes, you do. You you yeah. take out the, the the kind of low hum of emotion underneath yes. if you make it too clean. Yeah. So, yes, I do a dump and 
um, I remember one time I was writing a really sad scene and I was here in my office and my, it was when my son was in high school. So this was six years ago, five years ago. And he was on the other side of the wall doing homework and he banged on the wall and he said, are you okay in there? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I've had that. I've got like my husband will open up the booth and like with a cup of tea or something. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Are you all right? <laughs> this is my safe space. Go away. <laughs> I'm not a pretty crier. I'm not, not a pretty crier. It's <laughs> very true. Oh, this is lovely to hear your amazing. Oh, good. It's good. It's really cool to hear like how you write that, Patty. Well, and it's cool to know that we were partners and didn't even know each other. Yes, I know. know. We're partnering that way. I know. It's lovely. It's so cool how they, um, it's almost like a a group here because Patty wrote it with emotion. I I read it when I first read Mm -hmm. it in her voice with the emotion. And then I heard it with your narration and I was felt the same thing again. So it's just, I think that's what makes a great audio book is just really pulling the feelings in yeah it's all about all about the feelings how long does it take you fiona to do a book and not that there's a set there isn't there, and you know it's in, but yes i can sort of give you a number i guess um because it really depends on certain things like how many words are really tricky if there's a made-up language in there um, you know, lots oh, of different names. I'm not going to um, do that to you. Happens a lot because I'm in YA. So we've got fantasy <laughs> yeah. all over the oh, place, yes, yes. you know, um, how big a font, font is and how chunky a book is. But I try and do, I'm sure some people would do far more than me, but I, I do about a hundred pages a day. Um, and, and that would take me, you know, I'd start maybe at nine o'clock and I'd finish around four or five and I would have a break in there. Of course I'd have some breaks, um, stretch my legs, have some, you know, throat coach tea which is a bit of a favorite for (laughs) audiobook narrators or lemon and honey or something like that and um yeah so a book I think Patty's maybe took me like four days to do um once upon a wardrobe yeah Yeah. so how long does it take 100 pages takes yes so I would finish about two to three hours of finished audio which would be when I say finished what I mean like on the shelf would be you know good enough for the editors to start working on I would do that a day. That okay. would sort of be how much I would manage to. Because wow. at some point your voice has to give out. Right? Your voice gives out a bit, but your brain gives out because it is, you know, I, I say this to people, you know, it's not a job when people say, oh, I want to get into audiobooks. I'm like, right. So let me tell you the whole thing and do yourself, go and read a few pages, put it, put a sample down, see how that feels. Just you in a room reading because you're going to read the whole thing. There's no shortcuts. You've got to be present for every single word. And, and so, yes, you do get tired uh, by the end of it. You want to be sparky. And, and crisp. <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah. in all ways. The only thing I've ever read for the audiobooks is the author note. I usually read the yes. author note. And, and how do you feel? It takes so long. And I know exactly what I wrote, Fiona, and I still trip over words. Yes. I still end in the wrong place. I still start to hurry, you know, like all of a sudden I'm talking really fast because I want to get it over with. Yes. So just this pure focus it takes to read a two or three page acknowledgements or author note, um, tripping over words I wrote. I know it's funny. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But also I would think your voice would, you know, there's only so much you can, only so much you can do. But you become a bit, I mean, I think audiobook narrators are, they're a machine of their own, you know, it's because it's, it is a bit of a bizarre job. You put in this booth and you go and sit there on your own and, and talk to the wall like you're talking, <laughs> you know, to your best friend or child or I don't know, you know, whoever's listening to this book. And how long can you here. really do that? Yeah. So yeah. I want I want to know what you think our listeners would be completely surprised about with audiobooks. Like if you know yeah. nothing about audiobooks, what 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 would they be surprised to know? Hmm, what would they be surprised to know? Um, I guess how long it takes. I think yes. that is one thing because it does. It, I mean, we've talked about it, touched on it already, but it does take a very long time to read a book. I mean, I, I sometimes say to Longer myself, than husband, it takes to listen to it. Oh, absolutely. And that is, that is something, yeah, exactly to, to say is, you know, it might be eight, eight hours on the shelf as in I bought this book and it will take, you know, eight hours to listen, but that will take potentially four days 
three or four days to actually narrate in a, in a booth. And, and that's a full day's work yeah. of just talking out loud, um, you know. So, yeah, so I think the length of it and then just all the accents and the ages and the tone of, of the books, you know, you really have to consider and do um, to your best. Uh, Plus, you have ability. to read it before you even narrate it. Yeah. So you've got to add those hours in. You read yeah. it. Yeah, and the exactly. Working. And that's my process. I, I mean, I would definitely, I would get the script and I, and the manuscript and I would read the whole the whole book and I mark up all the characters and I point out anything that like is really need, noteworthy for for me when I'm voicing it. Because you have to move very quickly. You're sort of, you're obviously just reading, you're flowing along reading, but there's also just notes in the column and the highlights and things you just sort of take in, into consideration while you're going so that wow. you, so you continue the flow. And I mean, as I said, the editors, I mean, they spend hours obviously too, just taking out the pops because we pop on a mic, which is like when you go like that with a P or something, um, or when you swallow and, and use your tummy gurgles because you've not eaten enough or you've just had lunch or whatever. Um, or you just had your smooth coat tea. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very good tea. Um, so, yeah, I think those are some of the things I would would say. Yeah, mm. people don't know that behind the scenes stuff. It's fascinating. so fascinating. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, it's good fun. I- uh, Fiona, how does a narrator get paired with a project? Because there's a lot of things to consider. There is. And I think, well, sometimes it's a straight offer and the publishers will approach you and they'll say that the author knows you or or they'll uh, know your voice and thinks it's a perfect fit or they will ask you to audition for it or they'll know that I do this, you know, YA and middle grade and um, that, that that's sort of a, a strength of mine. Um, and then so therefore they may, you know, uh, send the, the the brief, the synopsis my way and say, hey, like, what do you think? So it's a conversation um, right. a lot of the time. And I'm really lucky, Ron. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> yeah. I can't complain. Like the, the titles that I get given are just so imaginative. And um, what I love about that is how they the use of imagination has underneath it something that's like a really lovely lesson or a moral sure. or um, something, you know, kids helping kids find their way and um, do you ever turn a title down do you ever read a book and say oh good question i do (laughs) i would think so i mean we can't we can't do everything and you've got to be in high demand i guess that's i mean uh i hate saying that but yeah i i actually do hate saying no because i do you know it's hard and uh and i i don't i just i said i love what i do but sometimes it's the schedule is is really the bottom line um you can't fit it all in and um, yeah, I do a lot of, a lot of months. So it's, you have to sort of make time for it because you could keep saying yes. And then <laughs> you have no weekends or no evenings or no all. voice and or no voice. voice right? And then it's no not voice. fair for the books. So yes, you have to, you have right. to make sure that you, um, so yeah, sometimes I do. And then sometimes I don't think I'm the, you know, it might not be the best fit. Yeah. That's what well. I was wondering. Like you read it and um, say, I'm not going to do this justice. Yes, it's not. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you mm-hmm. listen to audiobooks? Do you have a favorite narrator or title? Or Wow, I do have a favorite <laughs> audiobook narrators. Um, and I do. When was the, What's the last? I, I feel like I have to grab my phone to think about who was the last person I was listening to, which is really terrible. I don't even have my phone with me. Um and I want to say, I mean, I have a lot of people in my community that I love and I listen to. Okay. Um, and I almost feel like I don't want to name them because. That's fine. I don't know where to start or begin. But one, one I really enjoy, and I'm going to butcher the names, actually. Wait a minute. Um, who is it? I, I was just listening to, please help me, Stevenson. Is it Julie Steve, Juliet Stevenson? Juliet Stevenson. Ju- yes. Juliet yes. Stevenson. D- Juliet Stevenson. I really enjoy a lot of the reason for that is because I saw her in the theater when I was young. So I have that sort of connection to her. When I listen to her, she sort of reminds me of home. Um, Maren Island. I really love her, her work. And I have seen her also um, in the theater. So maybe there's something there. Um, but there are so many people that I know now. Uh, that I also really love and adore. And I'm sure you all know them too. Love the same ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. 
Yeah. Plus it changes. Like for me, I can hear something. I go, oh, they're my new favorite. Then I hear somebody else. I go, oh, no, wait, they're my new favorite. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just, that's so, yep. there's so many titles to listen to, too, which is... Uh, it's like anyway. seeing an actor, you're watching, a, a, you know, binging a series and an actor pops up and you're like, what were they in before? I loved them when they were in it. What were they in before? And you stop the show and you look it up. I do that with audiobooks. I'm like, I know she read another book I loved. I've got to remember yeah. which book it was that, that I read. And if you're ever sort of stuck, sort of, oh, I want to listen to something or I've got a credit or, you know, you're not sure. Yeah. And then you sort of, I find the narrator and I'm like, oh, they did that. That looks interesting. I'm going to check you that know? one out. Yeah. 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 Which is Wow. Great. So I know we could do this all day, but unfortunately we are limited. But Fiona, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you and thank, thank you for answering my tweet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's of how course. we connected. My pleasure. Um, I know our listeners are going to be fascinated and enthralled by your work and they're going to probably go back to your work time and time again after this. And we all look forward to more from you, but where can people find out more about you and your work online? Um, you can find me on Twitter and I do respond to messages, <laughs> um, yes, which is, as, uh, as, as Ron knows, um, uh, at Fiona Hardingham um, and is my handle. And then on Instagram, I'm Fiona Speaks. I've just started that up because I haven't celebrated enough of the beautiful work that I've been um, blessed to voice. So that's out there on Instagram. And then I'm, I'm on uh, FionaHardingham.co, which is my website. But really, my social medias are the, are the place I'll be most present at. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, so thank you. Get in touch. Yes. I can't wait for more. <laughs> thank you so much, Ron. Thank you so much, buddy. It's been a pleasure speaking to you both. And now we welcome Robin Witten, editor and founder of Audiophile Magazine, an industry-leading publication. They present the Audiophile Earphones Awards, which we were just talking about with our previous guest. It's given by Audiophile to truly exceptional titles that excel in narrative voice and style, characterizations, suitability to audio, and enhancement of the text. Welcome, Rob, and we are so thrilled to talk to you about the magazine, and we want to know in the beginning, and please tell our listeners, how did the magazine start? Well, thank you, Ron. Really nice to be here with you and Patty. And I have to, I have to reach back because when I thought of the idea of the magazine, it was 1992. So it was, uh, I had to usually explain what an audiobook was Mm -hmm. to anyone I was trying to say what my idea was, but it was actually the director of the Portland Public Library who said to me, Robin, that is a great idea (laughs) because we are collecting audiobooks in this library. We can't keep them on the shelves. Mm -hmm. And the idea to write more about each audiobook from the point of view of a performance, like you would review a musical performance or concert, um, that's, that was sort of where I started is, is that, any information you could find out about about an audiobook was based simply on the same uh, thing that a book review was being, you know, the print book review was right. saying. And the narrator was seldom mentioned. And of course, as we all know, it is the narrator who makes <laughs> the special sauce in an audiobook. Um, Absolutely. So the library director and I, Sheldon, I chatted about it and he said, oh, sure, go ahead. You should you should write reviews. And it was uh, the world of desktop publishing for newsletters. (laughs) (laughs) And our first issue was 12 pages of reviews of audiobooks. And, you know, what's exciting, of course, is that the, the industry of audiobooks, the, um, the, the amount of audiobooks that are available, um, and the, and the visibility of audiobooks has changed so much. And Audiophile has, you know, kind of followed along and tried to stay up and tried to stay ahead <laughs> of what's oh, happening. Oh, that you have, that you have. Uh, I, years ago, as a librarian for a long time, we would get, um, books on tape in little boxes and at each cassette had its own little case and, and people would come and go like, what else do you have by this author? What else can you recommend? It's like, oh, I don't know. Just, but now we have this great resource to help people. Right. 
Well, also, you don't have to chase the cassettes around the floor of your car as you're trying to listen to an audio Or you have a missing one. Oh, my God. Nightmares, nightmares. And you have a missing one. I remember listening on CDs and getting to, like, you know, the library CDs and getting to, like, CD number six and being like, it's gone. CD number six is missing of 12. Right. And did you always call them audiobooks, Robin? Because I called them books on tape till, I don't know, last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tape is gone now. I know, but you like, it's what you call it. Well, yes. And, and I, you know, trying to think of the name of the magazine and how, what we were going to talk about it, we did call it uh, uh, the audiobook review. But, um, you know, again, we had to, Oh, those are, those were, my grandmother uses those. We had lots of things to overcome and, but you know, I'm, I'm persistent. So I'm still here and <laughs> with audiobooks, everybody knows what an audiobook is now. Now they know. They do. They do. So like you said, everybody knows now because audiobooks are more than having a moment. They are soaring. They are becoming increasingly creative from robotic voices to multiple narrators. I think Lincoln and the Bardo had 166 narrators or something. And actors like Tom Hanks reading Ann Patchett. So have these audiobooks become sort of an art form in their own right, like theater or, you know, something? Oh, I, I think absolutely. They okay. are an art form. Uh, and I think, you know, when you mention celebrity actors who I think kind of dabble occasionally, someone will, you know, it's not quite as exciting or lucrative as a film. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they will, someone will say, oh, won't you read this audiobook? And it may be a favorite book of theirs. And they say, sure. And that's, that's great for the visibility of of all audiobooks oh i want to hear tom hanks or you know i want it. i but there are legions of of actors whose uh main mission in their acting career is to be audiobook narrators to be storytellers and that is where they focus their their energies and their and and their career yeah we just finished talking to fiona hardingham mm -hmm. and she she used to be in theater. She used to be in stand-up comedy. She used to be on TV. But this is now her art form. This is it. And she said the community is so amazing that the, the narrators are, are friends and that they talk to each other. And they're always trying to get better in the way they, they bring these books. And a narrator can kill a book. It can be a book that's won every <laughs> award. <laughs> and if the wrong narrator is reading it, click. <laughs> you know, so why do you think but, there's been such a surge in audiobooks over the past, especially the past 10 years? Well, I, th I think it has a lot to do with busy lifestyles. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, true. That's kind of that's that has that has been longer than 10 years. We've had busy lifestyles and not enough reading time. I mean, how often do we say that? And so um, as as audiobooks, I think as an alternative format to, you know, I really want to read this book, but I'm running around this week and I have a book club coming up, you know, and <laughs> or just I, you know, I just I, I really want to read this book and I ha I need to find more time to read. And so. Uh, with the 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 visibility and the availability of of different kinds of devices, you know, home yeah. devices, so that you can have um, a home assistant while you're cooking, you know, play my audiobook, and it just starts up. And uh, wait, wait, I've got to I've got to check that recipe. <laughs> Hold on, stop, <laughs> and then it'll pick up again for yeah. you, and you don't have to disengage your your uh, you know drippy fingers on. <laughs> <laughs> on your amazing. phone to stop. But um, the, also, I think that the demographics of audiobook listeners has been going younger. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, so that now with the recent research, 46% of consumer listeners are under 45. Wow. Wow. 
So you've got you've got generations of younger listeners who have uh, no barrier, I would say, to reading their book with their ears. <laughs> Love it. For me, it started because um, for long car trips. Mm hmm. Right. right. It it just made, you know, on book tour or or, you know, just traveling it, a book on tape made everything fly. And after that, I was I always have one going, you know, whether I'm cleaning the house or folding laundry or or even running errands. I'll just hit play. If I can only get 20 minutes, I can only get 20 minutes. But there's always one queued up. Mm-hmm. And that's new, you know, in the last you know decade that that it's been such a part of the everyday. And I, th- I think it is, um, and, you know, even more so in the last couple of years while we've been confined mm-hmm. that, you know, the listening as an alternative to a lot of screen time that yes. m- exhausts people or exhausting jobs where they've had to go out and they just want to escape, um, you know, people have made more time for audiobook listening. And I don't think that's a habit that goes away. Once you get into that kind of storytelling, you're going to be like, wow, I can't be without this story. That's right. It's true. Yeah. It's also that, in in my opinion, because as we said before we started recording, I've been on an award committee for audiobooks for the last four years, but the quality of them overall has just climbed. They, they're the the narrators are becoming rock stars. The the uh, the production is is elevated, and and I just it I don't who knows where this is going to go. Yeah, fascinating and it exciting. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, my favorite is you're on a road trip like Patty, and you get where you're going, but you're sitting in your you're car because so you have to finish. You have to finish. <laughs> you just pretend you can't find a parking spot, right? That's right. <laughs> But we love. Well, it keeps you if you're if you're you know do it, walking the dog, the dog yes. is very happy because you just keep going. Oh, I think we should take another loop now. Yes. This is great it's for great. exercise, for walks, and people are like when they're crafting. You mentioned yep. cooking, yep. Um, or just to get away from their kids for a while. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> to pretend or they're in, listening to their kids, but their earphones are in. Right, <laughs> or including their kids because we should yeah. say listening to both together. You know, yeah. the family listening is a very big thing. And of course, family listening, you know, builds the uh, the uh, listeners as they get older, they keep that habit and they become that's one of their preferred ways for reading. That's so true. So true. Well, let's switch gears just a little bit. And let's I want to talk about the audiophile earphones awards. Where did those come from? And what does it take to win one? <laughs> well, it, it it's it, the earphones awards is are are nominated by the reviewer, the original reviewer who writes the review, and and earphones. We wanted to have um, an award that was, I guess, more like a starred review award mm-hmm. kind of that it was not once a year or only half a dozen people would ever get one. Uh, we wanted to have something that was ongoing and really based on the experience that the reviewer, the uh, the listener has. So if the reviewer said, I had, this was exceptional listening. Uh, now, the reviewer, Joan, might, you know, listen to things every day. So, but in her experience, uh, this is extraordinary. The match of the, um, of the story to the casting of the narrator, the ability of the narrator to uh, really be within that story, telling the story the way the author intended. Um, you know, the, the more specific things of getting all the characterizations believable, the accents believable, um, the, you know, keeping the emotional level that the author intended just where it should be for the listener as the experience for us. We're the ones who are listening. That's right. So, so the, the reviewer says this was exceptional when they submit the review. And then um, at, in our office, in the editorial office, we say, okay, well, let's, let's listen to this. Let's decide whether this really is worthy of this award. 
and uh, the accolade, you know, we we uh, have about maybe one in ten, I would say, one in ten of our audiobook reviews might. It's probably maybe not quite that high. It may it may be more scarce than that, but we'd like to give them when because it's really, you know, if you you say this is exceptional listening, then I can recommend it. Look, this book just got Patty's book just got mm-hmm. an earphones award. So I, yes, you know, maybe I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I can say, I know that that is great listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is it, awesome. It, and it's, it, I love the behind the scenes of anything, whether it's songwriting or audiobooks or, so it's, it's just thrilling me to hear not only the behind the scenes about recording them, but the reviewing of them and how we get them out in the world. It's so great. Let's talk podcasts for a second, because I feel like they're an outgrowth of the audiobook in some ways. I did two original podcasts for two of my novels. And of course, you're here talking to us on the Writer's Block <laughs> Friend and Fiction podcast. And you have a podcast for Audiophile Magazine. So I talked to us a little bit about the hand in glove of audiobooks and podcasts and about your podcast. Well, I think it's interesting when you think about podcasts. We do, Audiophile has two podcasts, and they're actually the way we do them, they make an interesting um, contrast because uh, we'll talk about one which is called Audiobook Break, uh, which is actually a serialized audiobook. Because if you think about how many books were read, starting with Dickens, yeah. <laughs> he serialized his books and they were released in chapters and uh, at, at the time. And when we thought about, and of course, a lot of the, pod, the very popular podcasts are episodic stories that go on and on. But we thought about how um, with an audiobook, if you just took the chapters, you have a serialized, you know, we, I listen, I read my one chapter a day or two chapters a day. And that's what I, um, I'm going to listen to. So that's the idea about audiobook break that f- for podcast listeners, they often will say, mm, those audiobooks, uh, they're too long. I think I want a format that's more like podcasts because that's what I like. Right. And I yeah. thought, hmm, maybe it's just about it's a perception that if the 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 bites <laughs> were smaller, you could, oh, I've just listened to an entire audiobook by listening to it in segments. So that was the idea behind audiobook break. And our new season, just to say, is going to be Pride and Prejudice. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which will be very exciting. Uh, you know, every day you can look forward, every couple days you could lis- listen to a couple new chapters. So that's what we're doing with Audiobook Break. And uh, Behind the Mic with Audiophile Magazine is more of a little book talk uh, to recommend a great audiobook each day. So it's very, it's very much... <laughs> Uh, sort of contrary to what most podcasts are. It's not true crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not, not an news. interview. It's not, not an interview. interview. Not news, but just a really short recommendation of what we're listening to and why it's worth, worth the time to listen to. So um, there are about six minutes, one book each, one audio book each day. Um, and we, we have five editors who each we rotate in a week at a time. I know you know about this. <laughs> you take, uh, so we, each of us, uh, like, uh, coming up is a week. I have five, uh, I'll be talking about five books. Oh, wow. And each in, so they're recorded each day, uh, for each day. And that's how, so we, and then, a month later, I'll, I'll have to pick five more books to talk about. Well, I noticed you were doing that. And um, I, I have the Ulysses one queued up because I, I really, I'm, I'm a mythology geek. And I really want to hear what you have to say about that. So I have it queued up. <laughs> yeah. They also did one about Once Upon a Wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. 
<laughs> I, I just listened to one of the Pride and Prejudice um, narrated by Alison Larkin. Yes. Yes. That's exciting. So that's, that is the version of Pride and Prejudice that will be in audiobook break. Gotcha. So, and it's kind of fun because, of course, there are lots of recorded versions of Pride and Prejudice. So this Allison's is quite different and lively and fun. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's uh, every version, every time you hear a symphony, maybe it's a little different. A little different. Absolutely. Um, so you recently published your annual best audiobook list. Can you tell us how that comes together and maybe a couple of favorites off the list? <laughs> well, one of the uh, one of the ways that we construct the we come down to to the uh, final list for best of the year is we start with our earphones awards. So because we feel those must be the best titles that we uh, that were reviewed this year. So we start with the the earphones awards. Then we also look at any books that might have been really, really special personal favorites that maybe I listened to, but the reviewer was maybe not maybe enthusiastic, but didn't end up giving an earphones to it. So but we're coming down from uh, 2,400 reviews down to five titles in each category, oh. uh, each subject category. So we, we have to get down to, from many, many, many reviews in a subject, we have to come down to only a handful. But I have, you know, there's some some of the titles uh, that we're particularly, I mean, we were excited about all of them. But one that it continues to get a lot of attention right now is The Firekeeper's Daughter. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, and this was uh, a narrator, her first audiobook. The casting was very special because the author really wanted a person, an, an actor with uh, Native heritage. And so there was a special casting call and Isabella oh. Star LeBlanc uh, answered. She's an actress in New York. She answered this casting call and she was brilliant. And it's just an amazing story. It is. It is. Oh, wow. I am queuing that up. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it is excellent. It's excellent. I've heard it. So and it just won a uh, won a bunch of more awards from mm-hmm. the ALA. Mm. Yes, it did. Yeah. It was on a, our list this year. Um, it, it's amazing too that I didn't know that she, that was her first book because she was so polished and so believable and just oh anyway. <laughs> I go on for days about all this. I do have one really quick question before we finish up. Do you have an audio book that in, that for you just turned it all on like a favorite? That that really just stays with you? Oh, uh, yes. Well, the one that stays with me always is Philip Pullman's uh, The Golden Compass. Oh, Ooh, I'm going to... I have I'm like making this list. Like, And the okay. interesting thing about the audiobook of The Golden Compass, and that's actually part of a trilogy, is that it was done with a uh, a cast of actors, but done a little differently at the time it was done very differently than the way most multicast was done and it was done more like a like a film is done so a, a particular actor will read their entire part and then it's all edited together but you know there are scenes when the characters are on the same in the same room and there was some of that anyway it was an extraordinary audiobook with multiple voices and philip pullman himself was the uh, overall narrator so that was very special um you know it was really it's really something that will uh usually hook listeners yes <laughs> and yes. keep them <laughs> yes it mine does. is um Colin Firth reading the end of the affair <sighs> Graham Greene the end yes that, oh you two that. are blowing me out of the water <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible incredible uh, incredible yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, having Colin Firth read something like that just brought so much visibility 
uh, to the format, and I, you know, people saying, oh, I have to listen to him. And yet, you know, the end of the affair is not something that's gone, <laughs> rushing out of library shelves. It's my, it's in my top five favorite books. So, <laughs> you know, to hear him read it versus reading it, which I've done numerous times, I think it's a masterpiece, but yeah. um, yes, listening to him read it is extraordinary. So. Yeah. Well, mine is, is not quite so eloquent, but I, I was completely turned on by Beautiful Ruins with um, Eduardo yes. Ballerini narrating. It's my favorite of all time. Yeah. 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 All time. Well, he's he's a, an extraordinary actor and, and narrator. And, you know, he's one of, we have golden voices for the magazine. So every mm-hmm. year we um, celebrate the work of an audiobook narrator who has just done, you know, basically a lifetime or part of a lifetime of work <laughs> of extraordinary audiobook work in a great range. Yes, indeed. Well, Robin, it has been so fascinating and even enthralling to get to talk to <laughs> yeah. you. I just, you're endlessly fascinating. <laughs> um, but stories are told in like so many different forms, but a wonderful audio book is really a, a treat for the ears. And I love that Audiophile Magazine celebrates every part of this. And I know that people can find more at audiophilemagazine.com and Get on it, people, because you're going to have reviews. You're going to have these little and the snippet podcast. podcasts. And yeah. it's just, it's something that's going to, it's it's a rabbit hole that you need to go down <laughs> for sure. An audiobook rabbit hole. Audiobook rabbit hole. There are worse it, rabbit yeah. holes to fall down, Robin. That's true. That is true. And thank you all for joining us and listening to this episode. I hope you found these conversations as fun and entertaining and exciting as we did. Be sure to listen each and every Friday for a new episode. On behalf of the Fab Four, we so appreciate your tuning in. Please share it with a friend. Remember, you can always find all the books by every Friends in Fiction Writers Block podcast guest, past and present, in the Friends in Fiction bookshop.org shop. All sales placed there help to fund Friends in Fiction, and a portion of each and every sale goes straight into the pockets of indie booksellers nationwide. Since its inception, bookshop.org has raised more than $16 million for indie bookstores. Shop small, shop local, from the convenience of your screen with bookshop.org, and tell them Friends in Fiction sent you. Thank you for tuning in to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Tune in every Friday for another episode. And you can also join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live Friends and Fiction show airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.